to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, and Miss Vinny. Hot time. Good to be with you again, dear friends, dear listeners, as we enter a round table conversation about extraterrestrials. But yet... You mean like E.T.? Yes, he's an extraterrestrial. But we ain't allowed to talk about that. <laughs> no, he came to Earth. You're allowed to talk about it. Earth. Earth. Welcome to Earth, bitch. <laughs> As Will Smith would say. Um, specifically, so we wanted to talk about aliens, but we had a hard time. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> we spent a lot of time arguing about what types of aliens to talk about. And we're like, we're not talking about aliens out in space. Talking about aliens that came here, yeah. but not sci-fi aliens that came here. Kind of organic aliens that came here, but like little gray men. Like Jennifer Lopez in that movie, My Me Familia. Can't talk about that. We can't do that. Not here. She crossed the river in it. Nope. 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 Not talking about that. So, um, I'm neutered. Little gray men. Little gray people. Right. Um. So. We've had a lot of arguments about this. We went back and forth. We're talking about aliens. All aliens? Not all aliens. Some aliens? Maybe. Coming to Earth? But not all aliens coming to Earth. So let's start with one we've talked about before. I don't know if we've covered it in depth. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan did a little film called Science. How do you guys feel about science? You know what? Let's back it up. Let's talk about aliens. How do you guys feel about aliens? Are they real? Uh, I'm a believer. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not a believer in any theories, uh, per se, and popular incidents here in the country that people like to fixate on. But I think to believe that we're it is incredibly arrogant. Like, sure. This is such a big universe. I mean, UFOs are real. We just don't know what's in them. So, yeah, I'm a believer. I would say that's fair. I, I would say that maybe not necessarily what's popularized, but I, I, I agree that I do think it's extremely arrogant to think that we are the only planet in the cosmos that has intelligent life. I don't think we're going to see them in, in the next few years because of how stupid we all are, but um, why would they want to come here? I, I will say uh, definitely a believer, especially uh, some of the movies that I put on my list where the people are different regions of... Uh, I just feel like there's there's a common um, a reoccurrence of a lot of uh, true cases um, in different areas throughout the world, and they describe the aliens the same way, and the encounters are very similar. And 
just don't think that you can just, I don't know. Plus that we live near Dayton, so I'm sure right underneath us is a bunch of UFOs right now. So the uh, <laughs> yes. Air Force uh, base. Yeah. Right, Patterson Air Force Base. And you're talking about Hangar 18 of notoriety. Yeah. Uh, I, too, am a believer. Um, I have tattooed on my left shoulder the uh, UFO from the I Want to Believe poster from the X-Files. Um yeah, I think it's crazy to think that we're the only intelligent life in the universe. Um, I was listening to a podcast just recently <clears throat> talking about these sorts of things with scientists who aren't <clears throat> like all in on aliens or extraterrestrials, but they were like, listen, there are tens of billions of planets in the universe that are probably inhabitable. And the, the problem is, is not that we don't know if there's intelligent life there. It's that they're so far away that at this point in our technology, we'll never know if there's intelligent right. life there. What, what we have explored and understand is a minuscule fraction <laughs> right. of what is out there. Well, right. I always like when they say inhabitable, but that's like for us. Like, yes. Right. Exactly. And what in this podcast series I was listening to is like, what defines life? And so what we think is inhabitable isn't necessarily true because there could be life on places. Just we might not be able to live there, but Bingo. it's just not a carbon-based life form. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and I also heard on another podcast they were like, Star Trek <clears throat> "Yes, <laughs> we've got a nerd alert." <laughs> but like, also this idea too. Uh, Star Trek's on the banned list, please. <laughs> I heard another one. They're like, if you were to, if you were to, I think. Right now, because evidently the universe is expanding, which I don't understand because I'm not a science Smart. person. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> if you want to talk about if you want to talk about literature and history, I could talk to you about that all day. Philosophy all day long. But you want to talk about science, math, not my area. But I also heard in another one that there, if you were to try to calculate how many planets there are in our universe that we possibly know about now it's a number with 23 zeros behind it wow <laughs> wow 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 23 zeros behind it and they're like so right now somewhere there is a spaceship with a humanoid that looks like us and a seven foot hairy humanoid as their co-pilot <laughs> there's the probability is there for that to happen it's really hot like hair hairier than me <laughs> <laughs> yes even more hairy than you and I. So, all that to say, I'm a believer. And as a result of that, at a young age, terrified that I was getting abducted by aliens as a kid. Just thought it was going to happen. Did you fear anal probing? Yes. For different reasons. I think the, the scariest I thing. I welcome it these days. The scariest <laughs> hey, thing for me when it came to any kind of thing, alien being mentioned, the first thing that comes to my mind is Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> Robert Stack. I'm telling you, when I hear that theme from oh, yeah. the other room to this day, I used to run up me. the steps like a little yeah. bitch when I had to turn off the lights when I was little. I, you had show. to get to the third floor. Yeah. So that's a marathon. Hell out of me. I used to watch with my grandmother when she would babysit. We'd watch Unsolved Mysteries. And that, there was that theme music. And then there was Robert Stack telling you <laughs> the blah, blah, blah. And his voice. And... and it was unsolved. Yeah. So there was no end. There was no she book. Was. And it and I, it would scare the shit yeah. out of me. But I had to It's like somebody, like a it. parent popping in the room and going, 
There's nobody under your bed. Probably. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. But I didn't check so, today. Uh, yeah. So the alien stuff when I was a kid did really freak me out. Uh, this is a subject. My wife will not watch these movies with me. My wife. <laughs> she will not. This is the stuff that really terrifies her. Yeah, so let's talk about real quick why these are a good vehicle for movies. Because I, I personally think um, some of these more incident-based movies that we'll mention, it's scary because we are so used to, especially as Americans, being confident in our existence. We have not had to face <laughs> the uncertainty that what? a lot of people do. We just think we're the shit. We're invincible. Yeah. And so the, the idea of with you know completely unannounced people showing up whether it be a wide scale invasion or somebody getting yanked up right out in the middle of the woods for somebody else's experiments which is obviously a common theme with some of these stories both in film and in tabloids and other stories um but i think it's just the the helpless idea of it that we don't know the the magnitude of who these people might potentially be, what they're capable of, if we would even be able to defend ourselves in any capacity with it. And I think the uncertainty of that, of being completely vulnerable, is what makes the movie so scary. Something like Fire in the Sky, then you can start getting into imagery Mm -hmm. um, because it's the unknown. So surrealism becomes realistic if you want it to. Uh, And I think that's, that's what makes these movies so scary. It's because it's just out of nowhere, it ain't up to you. Yeah. Yeah. Legit. Because, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're, say we're a modern day Rome, but we are kind of a modern day Rome. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're like, yeah, no who's going who's gonna to come in here and tell us what to do? Yeah. What's the, the one great quote with decadence came boredom? <laughs> yeah. Just look no further than TikTok right now. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so it's like shocking. Like, they're going to come and abduct us? <laughs> you don't abduct Americans! And your powers. That, yes. That's the big thing. You're you're out, you're, as uh, Nick Fury says in the Avengers movie, hilariously outgunned. Yeah. Right. You, you just, you're out of your fucking element, Donnie. Like, you, <laughs> there's nothing you can do to resist. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you take me, like, I'm... I'm not. I'm not a prepper, but I'm a survivalist. You know, what I'm saying like I've I've spent time outdoors. I know how to hunt, kill, butcher. Like I, I know how to do these sorts of things, and it's like I know how to be prepared for all this sort of stuff. But you get sucked up in a UFO, and then something else comes along, and now you're the animal. Exactly right. <laughs> no, thank you. Yep. Yeah. It, <laughs> Count me out. Yeah. It, it's the feeling of, of powerlessness. Yeah. It's gonna be a hard no. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, have any of you ever, so funny thing, let's sit back real quick. Um, talk about it from an American point of view and the, the contention that there is in that there are eyewitness reports, right? There are so many, it's just, everyone's like, Oh, whatever we know about it, or they've got no reason to come here. But like, man, like you can't dismiss so many eyewitness accounts. You can you can discount plenty, right? But. And and as the big argument with things like Bigfoot is, so everybody's got a camera now. What when we have more footage? 
Well, we are getting a shitload more footage with yeah, everybody, which is what's forcing government officials at this point to to admit. Yes, yeah, there's this some, is a yeah, UFO. there's some shit going. Only in the last ten years was their protocol put into our military, specifically the Air Force and the Navy, to provide safe channels to report this sort of thing. Because before, if you said that you saw the new term, an identified aerial phenomena, we don't use UFO anymore because it makes you crazy. Mm-hmm. There was no safe channels to report that. If you said that you saw a UFO, you were blackballed in so many ways. You were kicked out for being crazy. You were passed over for promotions. But now... Which, let's look, unidentified flying object. That does not mean alien. Yep. It is just an object you have not identified. Yeah, there's just such a stigma yeah. that's been put. But there like is such a stigma sight. for so long. Sure. Sure. And so now there is a protocol... For you to safely report UAPs, as we call them now. And I literally, this morning, at church, talked to an Air Force veteran who said, I absolutely believe in that. I was on the radio. I wasn't the guys in the planes. I was the guy on the radios down below. And if we talked about it too much, the things that they couldn't identify, higher-ups would get on the radio and say, let's cut the chatter. And you knew what it meant when they said, let's cut the chatter. They weren't talking about anything else but UAPs. Mm. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah. But report after report after report, like this podcast I was listening to, there are now recordings of all these veterans from the past 50 years talking about things that they saw that they couldn't identify. And that's the thing. Some they're like, I'm not saying it's aliens. I'm just saying it's shit that I could not explain. Yeah. Right. Things that defy the laws of physics. Yeah. So, Toddy, have you ever been affected by? Um, has anybody by aerial phenomena? Anybody felt like they've seen anything strange? Uh, not necessarily. I, I I feel like this is a subject which I think that's kind of why it's scary because it's unknown. Um, I've had spiritual encounters mm-hmm. that I could freak you out on, but uh, this subject, no. Uh, I was going to touch earlier on uh, if, if Unsolved Mysteries wasn't scary enough, was uh, the same time period. Uh, time Life had those series of books of Unsolved, like, you know oh, what I'm yeah. talking about? Like, I've, got, I've got some of them. The alien ones would terrify me. Yes, um, but <laughs> those I'm, illustrations. To add to, to what you're talking about, though, um, so when I went, first went back to, to college, I had started in the paramedic program, and my instructor has been a paramedic for like over like 30 plus years. And he would share some, some little tidbits. And uh, one of them would be about, you know, cause um, 70 runs straight through Richmond and also 40, but he would talk about how occasionally there would just be. So they're at a certain point of the night on certain days of the week. It's almost like these places have to be open. Um, and nobody knows what the hell's going on. But he mentioned one point there was a huge car wreck on 40. And by the time they get there, there's all these basically men in suits trying to clean up and contain whatever's going on. And none of them are allowed to go anywhere near it. Hmm. Um, and, you know, again, you know, I mentioned the, because um, again, that would be connected off of uh, Sunday. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, it's right past. So um, who knows what, what, you know, are in these containers and stuff that no one's allowed to know about. Um, I don't know. I think that just, there's definitely some stuff out there and, and um, I'm sure there's like some UFO stuff setting underneath right path. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, so. I think uh, of Super 8, the Spielberg-produced movie. It's a fun movie. Uh, takes place right in that area because they mentioned Dayton and uh, I'm sure that probably because of right path. Yeah. So, as we get into the films, um, one very famous case that has been turned into a film is Fire in the Sky. And we'll, we're going to save that one. But um, we talk about Travis Walton, Fire in the Sky, uh, Betty and Barney Hill, yes. uh, Roswell. Um, Has anybody been there? Nope. I was one too. I've been to I New Mexico. have to. I've, I, been, uh, I've been to New Mexico, but just not Roswell. I have a, yeah, a, a friend that does a uh, road trip. Yeah, yeah man. Um, well, he he's a, a vendor in a lot of the, so he goes to a lot of the cons, and he went to Roswell, and like even the McDonald's looks like it, like a UFO. Oh, they completely. Yeah, that's to it. and that's what I want to go. Like I want to. Yeah, I, I just want to see. It. I haven't been to Falk, Arkansas yet, but I want to go just for that. Same. Mint Monster Mart, which is right. just like a themed convenience store, but I want to go for that whole So I think we need to plan trips to, to both Falk and to Roswell around when they have the festival. Plus, you know, uh, right, we, right now they're probably doing like, you know, buy one anal probe, get one free. So <laughs> Digging it. <laughs> so, but, you know, we've been to Mothman Festival. It's a blast. Tati and I have been to Mothman Festival. It's a blast. So, I mean, I feel like we should just go to these festivals. It's a Perfect excuse for a oh, yeah. small I'm getaway. Going to go down there, yeah. Which could be a. Le- uh, I actually added that to my list. Um, is the Mothman prophecies, which I always I, and really until we went to the festival, I never really considered the Mothman an alien. I mean, I'll allow it. That whole area in West Virginia, you've got uh, the Flatwoods Monster yeah. in that area, which is another ufo type Very scenario like that area type. during the late 50s early 60s seemed to be a hotbed for a lot of uh ufo type phenomenon and you know what this is in the episode i'm not going to get into goblin universe the cave system just not going to do it we're going to leave it to you because <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm turning a page. I'm turning a page. I'm getting more woke on the paranormal than you guys could ever be. So we'll save it. Uh, all right, flex, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hit a film. All right, coming back around. Let's start with an easy one. Let's talk about signs. Let's talk about M Night Shyamalan's signs. And as much as I want to. Uh, <clears throat> as much as I want to badmouth this film for, let's just be honest. When you finally see the alien in the house, like the alien reveal at the Mexican birthday oh, the party, birthday party that was perfect. It's terrifying. It's perfect. If they want to stop there, that movie would have had me. that scene right there had my eldest people tear. I was gonna say, I remember, I remember people screaming like, out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Colby was terrified as a kid off of that point. And honestly, as an adult, I was unsettled by it. And I think because it was such a realistic scene, like it's being filmed through like a camcorder lens. Would you say that found footage is effective? 
for a, for a thirty second <laughs> clip in a, in a <laughs> movie. <laughs> but that scene is so fast and it's so unclear. But nonetheless, when you see it, you react exactly the same way Joaquin Phoenix and the family reacts as they're seeing it. Like, whoa, shit! Like, you kind of <laughs> back away from the TV a little bit. Vominous! Vominous children! <laughs> yeah. That scene is so effective. I think if that would have been Broke. the last... The la- if they wouldn't have showed any more of the alien yes. than that, that movie would have I been I want to see that birthday party broke that bitch open like a pinata. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. Welcome so- to America, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. What signs... Alright, so again, overview. At the end of the day, Signs is still a phenomenal movie. You can have your gripes about it. You can talk about how they show the alien too much at the end. You can talk about how like the, the 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 fact that they're allergic to water. So yes, their intelligent to, life is like, let's go to this place made of water. Yeah, this place was seventy five percent water. Let's go there. You can bitch about all that, but at the end of the day, signs is still the shit. Signs, um, it just holds up. Like I go back and I still watch it every season, especially because I've got a cornfield behind my house. And when you watch those scenes in the beginning with the cornfield, so effective. Oh, yeah. So scary. I'm completely with you. It, it with each passing year, more and more people just pile on at yeah. night, and that's fine. I get it if you don't whatever his brand, but is it signs is, a, <laughs> signs is a really well made movie, and that yeah. was a place and a time too. That's another thing you have to take into consideration. What was being put out at the time that was getting that kind of a reaction, and was that kind of subject matter? And I'll even say the the religious part. Is heavy handed. I'll admit that as a religious person, like I don't, I don't default you if you're like, man, oh, that's heavy handed. Fine, that's fine, but it's still, yeah. The point is that a there's movie. a whole lot more going on yeah. in that movie in many directions than what people want to simplify it as. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's that's a a good introductory piece because that's some of the best imagery. That's so well, and it, and it was such a mainstream film. Yeah. And the score that scared the shit out of everybody. Man, though that, I that still, footage right now, if we just went in my living room, turned out all the lights, and put signs on, the score and the corn would still make my butthole pucker. <laughs> Indeed, well, and, and I think because uh, again, like uh, I, I think movies like Independence Day and stuff, but the common actual base there there's that that image and so some films i feel like do too much with the aliens where signs at least did kind of what people describe when they have encounters mm-hmm. which is very slender and the odd shaped head and um i feel like a lot of times when people start doing alien encounter movies they gotta you know like oh well th- that's cheesy so let's make them look like this but i mean if you're gonna try to make it fact-based to, to people's accounts then this is what people describe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because if you're if you're deep into ufology, there's even like different classes of aliens that people yeah. talk about. Yeah, right? the tall whites, the grays. Um, the grays tend to be what we commonly recognize as aliens for whatever reason in American culture. That that I think the little gray man. I think the Roswell is largely the probably yeah. Yeah. all the all those people seeing that in the waiting in line at the grocery store on 
National Enquirer, and, and it just became a caricature for the whole topic over time, I think. So speaking of little gray men. I thought you were going to go into, like, the Bat Baby or something. I love Bat Boy. <laughs> you guys watched Communion. Yes. I, I've i not seen I Communion watched Communion either. last night. I know the book is very popular. Like, people talk about Oh, it's so, the book yeah. is... Which, which I had to... I, can, I can't remember his name. I had to look it up. But, um, yeah. So Communion came out in uh, 89. I remember the poster. I don't even think I knew who Christopher Walken was when this movie came wow. out. Um, well, he got the same haircut that he's got right pretty now. Pretty much. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely... Ever since... Because the poster sucked me in, and it's always been on my radar, and I've never seen it. And I was like, well, what better time... So I look it up, and I'm thinking I'm going to get shit on like every other movie, and I'm like, oh, it's on Tubi for free. Which I will say one gripe about Tubi, because I also watched The Descent on there, is when they do show previews, it is the most inappropriate time to show, a, like, I mean, every time. They're like, <laughs> commercial! Exactly. And it's usually like, uh, as he's being anal probed, it's usually for <laughs> anal cream. So um, so Communion is, you son of a bitch. I lost it all. I'm cussing at myself. Uh, Whitney Stribal is who Christopher Walken plays, and um, he's a novelist, and I think it makes it creepy because it's almost like everybody has an encounter, but they they don't realize that they've had it. And this one's a true story, right? True story. Right. So, like I said, the book is a, a Bible. Uh, basically, they go out into um, they have like a, a cabin like out in the in the, in the woods, and um, I think the first encounter is near Christmas. And there's actually uh, they have guests with them, and they all have an, some kind of crazy encounter. The boy definitely remembers it, and there's some scary. Im- some of the aliens seems cheesy, but again, I feel like if they if they went the other route and made like the little gray men look um, a little different than it's not the encounter. Yeah. And then there's also like these little blue doctors. <laughs> so the movie gets kind of crazy, but um, some of the imagery is like, kind of like, I think the way they're trying to calm the characters. So you see, how I, I think Christopher Walken was perfect for this role because I think the aliens are communicating um, how he's uh, dealing with it. But then it gets uh, crazy because basically they probe him and um, like, and he reacts <laughs> poorly <laughs> to getting his butt touched. Yeah, it, it's a weird flip. No, number one, his wife in this movie is the shittiest wife ever. She's like uh, in Walk Hard, <laughs> the shitty wife who supports nothing. You know, <laughs> that's how this character's wife is. It's an odd flick. Like, you're right. There is some weird imagery. There's some weird aliens brought in. Like, I'm not familiar with, with the, the the text that goes along with this, the book or anything. Uh, but I did watch this movie. There's some weird shit. Like, at one point, Christopher Walken gets all dressed up in a fucking suit to go basically face him head on. Uh, is that where he almost shoots his and wife? And he's, he's fucking doing tap dancing and shit. You know, like, just... <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird flick, but, man. It's a it, it's definitely a Christopher Walken flavored <laughs> but flavored thing. For all that craziness, though, there are some scary parts of this movie, though. There, uh, yes, there are some. There is some imagery that is rather, uh, and, and like at one point, he's like, 
how dare you? <laughs> like, when they, after they've touched his butt, how dare you? <laughs> it's a weird account. <laughs> That's... <laughs> He says, I guess, how dare you? <laughs> you should be ashamed. <laughs> I've got to contact my lawyer. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> oh, I, I think one of the, uh, uh, just to add. So to would you recommend this show? <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, check it out at least <laughs> one. Like, if you're into this kind of thing and you're into alien abduction stuff, Check out communion. It, it's different. Like I, I, they're out in this. Yeah, they are out in this uh, cabin. And at one point, he sees one of them behind. And he shoots at it with a shotgun and almost blows his wife away. <laughs> like it's wild. But then, like uh, the the one alien comes like straight through the glass of like the little boy's room, and um, the the there's like a therapist that they wow. go to, and she uh, she hypnotizes him. But his he starts realizing. Even the wife, because the wife at one point sees the aliens, but they make her think it's like a nightmare. And when they realize what really happened, they actually snap themselves out of like hallucination. So it's it's worth a watch, right? But on. also bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, to add to add to yeah. the bizarreness is the musical score is done by Eric Clapton. I'm sure right <laughs> in the heyday of cocaine. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, or in the, in the midst of <laughs> tears in heaven. <laughs> Uh, this would have been well. This is before his son died, which is what that song's from. Um, so, yeah, this is right at the right before that. Did aliens kill his son? Oh dear. <laughs> <clears throat> um, all right. So uh, let's pick a random one. Let's pick a random one while uh, the venomous one has stepped out. Uh, would we count attack the block in this? No, we would not. No, we would not. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, there goes my suggestion. Well, I mentioned what I want to do. Prophecies. I want to okay. keep canceling people's ideas <laughs> until we sign off. Vinny, I threw out Attack the Block, and Vinny or uh, Todd canceled it. So, oh, okay, all right. Because well, is it an invasion? Yes, and not little gray men. It's an invasion, but they're not little gray men. Well, then you are canceled. You canceled yourself. Yep. <laughs> you played yourself, dog. <laughs> um, all right, Toddy. Throw out Mothman. So, Mothman Prophecies, which I feel like this is another film that's either loved or hated. I knew Sucks. nothing of the Mothman. <laughs> Not everybody loves superb acting from Richard Gere. So. I saw you lick a blanket that Richard Gere touched. You know, um, whether it's the Mothman or gerbil stores, sometimes Richard Gere's movies scare me. Um, but uh, Mothman came out 2002. Um, I think I went and saw this with uh, Angela Crabtree. And I'm almost waiting for... Oh, I'm almost waiting for a song to start behind me. But um, I really didn't know much about the subject matter. And, man, this, this movie fucked with me. And then it was just one of those where we probably went to like the last showing on a weekend. So you come out and, you know, it's Richmond. So it's at 11 o'clock, it's dead. And then it's like, man, I'm, I really don't want to drive by any of like the park or I don't want to go by any of the stuff. Um, I actually been thinking about the Mothman lately because the bridge that they just kind of put a little bit of patchwork on. I walk under that to go to the bar like uh, every time I go to clean. You can see 
the metal sticking out. So I'm just like, man, wait for the Mothman to fly over before that bridge collapses. So, um, hey, hey, Vinny, he saw Mothman with someone with the last name Crabtree. Hey, Travis Crabtree, <laughs> I was wait a minute for me. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah, I probably really liked the movie because I was, I really didn't know anything about the lore, so I thought it was effective. I, I saw did, the movie. I did rewatch it when we went to the Mothman Festival. I watched it that night. So it still had creepiness, but after going to the town and seeing all the stuff that the movie could have had in it. Yeah, it's just such in a missed opportunity. Got some creepy stuff, but it's yeah. a movie about that actual story. Well, it's kind of a failure. I've yeah. never seen it. Also, <laughs> also the phone and calls. I've been to the Mothman Museum and all that shit. The, the phone calls now almost remind me of Aqua Teen Hunger Force with the moth <laughs> where it's like, Turn the porch light on. And it's like, <laughs> look, look, look at the flag, and there's holes in it. And he's like, that was me. That's <laughs> accurate. Yeah. It's not a... It's, it's a good... I think it's a good movie, but if you are familiar with the lore, you're probably not going to be fond of the movie because yeah. there's just... That movie could have been absolutely terrifying. A lot of liberties taken from what I heard. Yeah. A lot of liberties. And again, you go to the town and you go to the museum and you see all the stuff that occurred. A lot it's of like, liberals. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad movie. It's just not accurate to what the, the what the, the you know, John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecy. Well, well, also, again, it's like you hear this terrifying story and then you go see a movie that you're, again, I get it. Yeah, and again, so Toddy brought this up because there, there, there are UFO stories that accompany the Mothman story, and they also connect with the Flatwoods monster story. And so, look into that. Um, it is UFO adjacent, but very relevant. So, there's that. I didn't think about that, and that's a good one. Well, I thought of it because I my list was low. <laughs> Uh, oh, this is the smallest list I've ever showed up with. I watched one last night called Dark Skies. I kept seeing Dark Skies listed, and I think I might have... What year did that come out? I remember that. 2000-ish? 2000 late? Blumhouse movie? It's a Blumhouse movie, yeah. Okay, I remember the previews for that, I think. Yeah. You've I've seen, seen it. You definitely remember the trailer with all the birds hitting... The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Carrie Russell. Was that uh, after her Felicity haircut? Sure. <laughs> you can tell Rob, Robert's <laughs> like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you just said, though, kid. People <laughs> cancel Felicity because she cut her hair. Okay. The only people more mad about a haircut is Metallica fans. So I watched Dark Skies last night and I didn't like it. <laughs> I've seen that one and I remember watching it the first time and being like, okay, you know, that's a decent watch. And then I tried three different times <laughs> to watch it again for this to revisit. And I couldn't get more than a half an hour into it before I didn't give a shit. It's just not. It's, it's a good setup, but just poor execution. Yeah, I just, I, they, this second time around, <laughs> it's kind of like this slash third slash fourth. They could not get me to give a shit. Like they've got their um, there's like access to the house without the house alarms going off. There's family problems. 
Like there, there's there's a lot of things going for this film, but like the execution and the ending, I was just like, it never quite comes together. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And so it's not a terrible movie. It just never finishes. If this is your bag, like you 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 dig UFO abduction, movies, you should watch it. Check it out. Yeah. For but sure. like if if that's something that's kind of uh, B side for you, just don't fuck with it. So yeah, I have another true story. Escape to Witch Mountain. Big part. <laughs> That's gonna be oh no, I was just trying to throw some titles out here. No, <laughs> <laughs> we've got some big ones here. We're we're uh, we've at least rounded. Uh, so, so I will say one, and I'm not going to be the best one to talk about it because I watched it one time and I hated this movie. Is the fourth kind. <laughs> Well, 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 we should talk about... Which I'd about. love to hear your take on it, because it's a movie that also is half-found footage. Is it, though? I would like to defer my commentary and let Vincent take first crack at this. Okay. So Professor, I've... have you seen The Fourth Kind? Yes. Okay. All right. I want you years, to, but I want you two to go first. So I watched this for the first time. Uh, Grizzly sent me home with it the other day. And I said, do not look up anything about this. Which I did not. I went into it completely blind. I thought he was going to be like, don't actually watch this movie. Yeah, so I went into it completely blind. So for anybody who has or has not seen this movie, uh, Mila Jovovich opens the movie by saying, this movie is based on true shit. We, just like she says it, just like that. We are mixing in. Uh, <laughs> she I'm, also says that at the beginning of Resident Evil. <laughs> she said, I'm, I'm, playing, I'm playing this woman who we are going to mix in dr- dramatic recreations along with actual footage and audio from the events. And they get into it. So they start to get into it. And immediately, I'm skeptical. And here's and and he, this is why, and this is what sets off my bullshit alarms. None of the quote unquote true footage that they're showing. Nobody's fat. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately, when nobody's overweight, I start to go. These are fucking actors. <laughs> Because let's be honest, folks, even in Alaska, (laughs) we are all American citizens. And if you have four people on that screen and one of them isn't overweight, I'm skeptical. Well, everybody in Richmond has abs, so it's a fair approach. (laughs) Yeah. That's a a a crazy, legit criteria. (laughs) So, and also, I'm all... (laughs) There's not one fat person in Blair Witch. And it's it's the same thing that I have with with a lot of found footage stuff that's presented as as documentary. I tend to smell acting fairly quickly. I watch a lot of documentaries. So, I feel like there's a sense of a crew delivery that I smell versus... Somebody who's reciting uh, dialogue. I feel like uh, there's a lot of like like Facebook or TikTok or there's a lot of these like videos where as soon as I just kind of watching to see the results, as soon as they start going, I'm like, you you're tell all acting or not? You're all yeah. acting. So I love the setup of this movie. 
that they present it like this is real shit. It reminds me of like the Legend of Boggy Creek, mm-hmm. where it's like this is real shit. Here we go, let's get into it. I think it's executed well with the mixture of of what they're presenting as true footage and what is the recreations. Like they overlap it and all that kind of thing, and now all that stuff is really neat. Um, but I never fully bought into it from Jump. So I think it was, and then after I was done watching it, then I went in and I started reading some shit on it, and that's when I found out it was horseshit. It wasn't real footage. It was actors and all this kind of thing like that. But I enjoyed it well enough from an entertainment standpoint, but I did... There's something wasn't adding up to me when I was watching it. It's been a number of years since I watched it. I remember... You hated it. All right. No, I remember being surprised at how fucked up it was for a mainstream movie. Yeah. Um, I love Mila Jovovich. I also remember... I like how much of a scholar you are that you call her... Jovovich. I never would have before until she introduced herself in that movie and said ah. Jovovich. So I remember the people that watched this background then being kind of frustrated that they'd been duped, mm. which always kind of goes with the territory for some. And it's important to remember, too, I don't remember what year this came out, but it's been a while. Okay, so you know, this is over a decade ago. We're watching these through different eyes now. Yeah. Um, and granted, Blair Witch has been around for a bit. You're already a decade in, but I mean, the saturation is still yet to come in a major way. There's a lot of movies that we've watched uh, with kind of that hybrid since then. Um, but yeah, that's mainly what I remember the most about it. It's just thinking like, wow, they are going balls to the wall for a legit movie. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. isn't, this isn't some obscure indie flick. This is widely being released. Um, that's mainly what I remember about it. And this, honestly, this topic that we're covering, there is not a long list of this angle of excellent movies. Right. Um, so I think this actually finds itself a little bit higher uh, among this list just because of the angle that we're covering. Yeah. So it's yeah. not a great movie, but it's got a lot of interesting things about it. Man, the first time I watched this, I was rocked. Yeah. Yeah. He, he sent me home with it and said, he said, you want to borrow this? And I said, yeah. And he said, don't be so nonchalant because you are going to cry and poop your pants. <laughs> <laughs> because when I watched this in 2010, I did indeed cry and poop my pants. <laughs> I was just blown away. And because, as you said, we had not been exposed to this in this capacity. Some of the right. trickery worked better. Yes. Like, we'd seen Blair Witch. We've seen some of these things that said they were true stories. But this, like, I mean, the, the fucking actors came on and said, Right. This is Straight us. out of the gate. Yes. Right. Right. And that was different. Yes. Right. right? That's different than a Blair Witch. That's different than a, a Texas Chainsaw remake yes. where they're like, these are based on true events where our people where we saw friends who swear it's true stories. Like, this is different. I yes. mean, the people came up from Jump and said, we're playing these yes. people. And so, my goodness, I was, as a, as a, as a UFO uh, enthusiast, I was sold. I was like, my God, this is crazy. This is fucked up. And I thought that those scenes where they said that that was the real people doing shit, 
It fucked me up. I mean, it's legit. Like I said, it's been over a decade. Was there something with a woman shooting herself from a distant camera, like surveillance of her? Like, uh, there's a husband. Okay, I knew there was something like that. Kills I remember the kid, that kills making the wife, me kills so himself. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And they portrayed it as like this is the actual this footage. Is the actual footage. Like I said, yeah. this is over a decade later. I still remember. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, it fucked me up. And then the next day. I was like, I gotta learn more about this case. I don't know this case. I know Betty and Barney Hill. I know this and that. And I read. I was like, this is a goddamn movie. Yeah, you (laughs) asshole! You tricked me. When I woke up at a after a house party where I was staying the night that night, and saw (laughs) incorrect sir, uh, and I saw Heather Donahue doing an interview (laughs) on Entertainment Tonight, I was like, this bitch, because I'd just seen the movie that night before we went out to this party, and. Uh, she turned out to be a real bitch in person, too. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Other than that. But yeah, like that. Yeah. So sorry, dear listener, if you have not watched this film, but like, look, if you've been, we're, folks, we're in the 190s of our episodes. If you don't know, we're spoilers <laughs> like a motherfucker by now. Right. Yeah. Like this, this is so all that to say, I bought this movie a few weeks ago because I wanted to rewatch it. And it was a couple bucks, and it's like, man, the rewatch just isn't there. It's just oh, not really? there. Had I saw, had I seen it ten years ago, it might have been different. But seeing it now, like I said, something just didn't add up for me when I was getting into it. When Miljovic came out and said, "Hey, this is real bullshit," yeah, <laughs> and we're gonna mix it in. And at first, you're like, "Oh wow, I like the way they're overlaying that real audio and video and split screening it, like." From a production standpoint, it is something unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's like Cannibal Holocaust. Mm-hmm. They kill real animals yeah. so that when you see them kill humans, you're like, God, God, damn, off. I don't think that. <laughs> Yeah, right. So it's 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 those tools. Yeah. And and I applaud them for doing that to disarm you, but at the same time, it doesn't have a watch. But one, yeah, but once you know. Yeah. It's kind of ruined for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I kind of went through the DVD in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, this is brilliant the first time around. Second time around, I'm like, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, you love the fourth kind, yes? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's bottoming out. Yeah, yeah. sugar crash boy. No, I'm actually, I mean, I will say this is, uh, I'm just trying to look for other movies and it's, there's alien movies, but it's like Terminator and aliens. And there's really not a lot of movies that touch on encounters in real life cases. So thank you for neutering us. I'm glad you're doing real time research. Well, I'm just trying <laughs> to add to my list. I'm trying to figure out Terminator. We're at 47 minutes. Yeah, we're doing this great. This has been a good episode. So I personally hmm? think that the place to go right now is uh, the UFO incident. Are you going to bring up Travis Walton? I feel like this leads into that. Is this a movie called The UFO Incident? The UFO Incident was a TV movie about Betty and Barney Hill. I want to hit that, and I want to hit... Now, was this the very special episode of The Waltons? Close Encounters. Oh, we'll go ahead and hit Close Encounters first, because that's kind of a mainstream thing. Yeah, because I believe the other two are going to interconnect. I swear, I quit the show if you have a weird connection to LFO... 
as the, with the music that they play. Did you so, do that to your hair or did it do it on its own? It probably did its own. <laughs> Aliens are watching. Like I looked down and looked up and his hair was different. So close the cameras to the third hair jail. Uh, we're sitting where it takes place. Yes. <laughs> right where your ass sits, Muncie, right. Indiana. Yep. Right. Was there a single frame filmed in Muncie? Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. I thought so. Not yeah. one. There but, is Ball State flags in it. Yeah, yeah. What, what movie I, I, I have listened to? Close Encounters in the Third Cut. Oh, that's Muncie? You ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. I watched it one time. Make him are you, eat Sour Patch Kids. Are you familiar with Steven Spielberg? Or uh, Richard Dreyfuss? Is that ring a bell? He's looking at us like we're aliens right I now. I know who Dick Dreyfus is. <laughs> oh, yeah, old Dicky. Old Dick Dreyfus. Um, uh, that reminds me of a past. I was hoping that, that we could talk about alien exorcism. Quit. Just quit reaching. Close encounters <laughs> in the third you're, you're not. You're not. You're not going to trick the, the listeners into thinking that you know what you're talking about in this episode. Which is why you neuter us. We could have talked about real aliens. Like Mac and me. We could have talked about killer clowns from outer space. Exactly. Mac and me is a great film. I want to let you know, Mac and me and Killer Count, both true stories. Killer Count? Right. The Killer Count, yes. The killer Count Dracula. <laughs> the space opera. You love Actually, Close it's Encounters of the Third Count. Oh, okay. Yes. As uh, they made parody t-shirts here in Muncie, because it takes place in Muncie. My dad used to have it. That says, gross encounters of the worst kind. My dad had that as a picture of a highway and a light off in the distance. My dad had that shirt. That, friends, is how we became the epicenter of comedy here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Obviously, I mean, it's not a horror movie, but it's a great movie. Oh, yeah. That's a mainstream alien movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And takes place right where we're recording. Too bad uh too bad Spielberg never topped it with any kind of other alien movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't have much success after that with alien movies. Yeah, you, you can talk about E. T. It's safe. <laughs> this is a safe space. I was I'm gonna spend the next hour talking about AI actually. Um what I want to mention real quick uh is almost human. Has anyone ever seen that? Is that is that more? Oh wait, yeah, I did see that one. Is that more more human than human? Two thousand (laughs) thirteen. It's a it's an independent director. I can't remember his name, but it was his first movie. Yeah, because I remember it blowing my mind that it was somebody's debut. But the gore, like the special effects, are practical. In that one, yes, yeah, yes, practical effects in it are badass, and so it's kind of along the lines of Fire in the Sky. Uh, a friend in this area disappears for multiple weeks and comes back, but we also have bodies piling what's, up in the area. What's this movie called? Almost Human. Graham so, Skipper. Yes, Graham Skipper, who uh, also is involved with Screen Drafts podcast. Uh, but that's one I wanted to recommend. It's been a number of years since I watched it, and I didn't have time to get it in again before. Um, and it's not traditional little gray men aliens, but it is a kick-ass alien horror movie. What's was AJ Bowen in another like Especially, alien type movie? It's hard telling. He's in so many good. Uh, that's why I was like, I can't remember. If I, I kind of so, almost the same time period. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was thinking of Graham Skipper. Yeah, Graham Skipper's the one in this one. Uh, this one was where did the numbers go? Uh, Joe Begos. Yes, wrote and directed this one. It's, I really liked it. I want to watch it again soon. Even though we're recording this episode, I'm still going to try and get it in here afterwards. 
So that's one I would recommend people check out. Yeah, that's another might not be on their radar. Yep, yep, for sure. I I did not even think about that. So that's indicative of how much it flies under the radar, that sort of thing. All right, do we have any other ones to consider before we hit the biggin, the motherload? Have we hit the UFO incident? Oh, can we talk about that? Yep, bring it up. So the UFO incident from 1975. This movie airs two weeks before Travis Walton disappears. Okay? So this is a television movie that is supposedly a fact-based story starring James Earl Jones as Barney. And Estelle Parsons, as you might know, as Roseanne's mom on the show Roseanne, Parsons, yeah. uh, as Betty Hill, and they are a couple from New England who encounter a UFO and are abducted, and this is a TV movie that air. like I say, it airs, and it's also got uh, Bernard Hughes, who, as I watch this movie, which, by the way, is free on YouTube, you can go watch it, uh... I kept trying to figure out who the guy was. I recognized his voice, but I could not figure it out. And then once I realized, after I looked it up and put a little bit of gray yeah, stubble on his face, grandpa. it's the grandpa from The Lost Boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Betty and Barney Hill reportedly were had an experience where they were abducted by a UFO back in the 1960s. Uh to the point that Barney had to take a leave of absence from work and they went through hypnotherapy to deal with it. Like the, yeah, he also had wiener problems. These And these were people who were highly regarded in their community. And they were an interracial couple at the time when that was not accepted. Uh, so this TV movie which I did watch on YouTube, which was rather interesting and rather unsettling. They were basically driving down a highway and spotted something in the sky off in the distance and kind of started following it. And then eventually stopped their car and looked through... Barney got out and looked through a pair of binoculars and could see the craft and could see through the windows and could see these beings standing in the windows and then started telepathically hearing their voices. And this is all under hypnosis when he begins to, to realize this kind of thing. And long story short, uh, they both recount the things. And there's some needles through the navel. <laughs> like you know, Basically, physicals being done. And uh, there was some physical ev- evidence on their car where... There were some shiny spots on it. Basically, they they tried to drive away, and they started hearing a low hum. And then there's a period of several hours that they don't remember. And then they come back, and they're in their vehicle again. One of the most famous UFO stories. And very early on. Very early on. So this... I believe I feel like has anybody else seen this? Did anybody mm-hmm. else watch this? No, I I've always been fascinated with seventies TV movies, so I've definitely heard of this one a bunch of times, but I haven't watched it yet. And with James Earl Jones, it adds a little bit of yeah. credence to it as well. You so me. I watched I'll it. Watch it. Yeah, I watched it. It was it was very informative, but the, I I think that this uh, 
lends itself to what the, the big one that we're getting ready to go into is that it's two weeks before Travis Walton is abducted, which is the probably most famous alien abduction story ever, which was adapted into the movie Fire in the Sky. And Travis Walton claims he had never seen this movie. It's so wild, though, to, to think about its proximity to the real event, just by, by sheer coincidence. And, and I watched, I've watched several documentaries about the Travis Walton story leading into this, and they said, you will notice that on Wikipedia, when you look this up, look up his story, there are, there's a lot of effort taken to discredit Travis Walton on those Wikipedia oh, pages. Yeah. Not bringing up any of the other things that support his claims, but there is a lot out there to try to debunk him. And, and that mention of that movie is one of the top things. For sure. So, I think we can move right past that and get right into Fire in the Sky. I was going to say, that Adam, looking <laughs> at every list, there is one, the Alien Abduction, that I am not familiar with, but 2014, and it mentions the Brown Mountain Light incidents and it says that it's also featured in an x-files episode field trip nobody watch that one Nick tour good buddy oh god because all the rest is just basically movies we're not allowed to talk about <laughs> so i found a fifth movie just saying so travis walton right on sky man um Travis Walton may be one of the most famous stories of alien abduction. So I would say on this one, it, so was this movie, for me, Fire in the Sky is how I found out about the story. This is the, I mean, this is the mother load, right? I mean, like this film is what, so we can talk about Unsolved Mysteries. This is 1990s. Yeah. We can talk about Unsolved Mysteries. We can talk about books in the library, but like this is the movie that scared the dog shit out of each of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. The I'm first sure. time I saw this. Oh, I'm going to be honest. When uh, I started watching this the other night, uh, I was like, I swear to God, if I have <laughs> fucking nightmares, I'm going to, I don't care what time it is. I'm calling Abner's ass. <laughs> um, I haven't watched this movie in a long time either. So, um, yeah, I have to watch it with clothespins on my nipples just to get through it. <laughs> Don't ask me to explain that. I think, uh, I think this is one even where I remember like when it first started being advertised. Um, right. It was but, a big deal. Yeah. Because you, even even the trailer, it's like... And then, again, it's a movie that's... They really pushed that based on a true story, and it's like, what? Uh, as I'm talking about it, and I'm like, I want to say, too... Um, 93 is like maybe just a couple years before I started driving. So I'm driving by myself mm -hmm. and I'm like, man, this is like almost, I hate to compare it to the fog, but there's certain movies when you get driving by yourself where you just start like, God damn it. Why am I thinking of this? This is one of them where I don't, if I'm out in the country and stuff by myself, I won't think about fire in the sky. Yeah. If we see a weird light on the ride home, me and you are going to be two bitches against the tree. <laughs> <laughs> don't get it where Vinny's the uh, dancing underneath the lights. Get back in the car, Vinny. <laughs> you don't have to worry about this motherfucker getting out of the vehicle to go investigate. I'll tell you that right now. So, in short, the story of Travis Walton is that uh, they were in. Let's see. Is that 
Is this New Mexico? Northern New Mexico? Where it's more rural? I think so. Yeah. Ignore the state. Or maybe it's Arizona. Northern Arizona. Yeah, it's... it's we always think it's like Bigfoot or, uh, you know, UFOs. It's going to be Pacific Northwest. But, so they have a contract through um, logging with the federal government to go out and clear... This Snowflake, Arizona. Arizona, yep. So coming out, clearing out debris and blowdown, right? Because a lot of you don't know this, but when you go out west and you're in these national forests, like, there is just an unimaginable amount of blown down timber. Yeah. Like, to even try and walk and hike through there, you have to high step through areas of this. And so they hire logging companies to come in and do that. So, Travis Walton is part of a crew, which um, his best friend is the head of that crew who has a federal contract, which will come in to play with one of the theories of why they faked this. And uh, he's also in love with his best friend's sister, who he goes on to marry. He's and, also a Terminator. <laughs> that's true as well. And so... Um, <laughs> They're out there clearing all of this debris and blow down. And they're heading home, and all of a sudden there's a craft. Well, they, they saw a light off in the distance. Yeah, they First they thought fire. there was a fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the way the sky was lit up. Right. So they kind of followed it, and it was an exceptionally long day. They were getting out late. And as they headed out, they saw this light, so they kind of followed it to see what was going on. They thought it was a fire. And then they get out to an area and they see a craft hovering off the ground. Travis Walton gets out of the truck as everybody says, don't get out of the fucking truck. Travis, get in the truck! And walks over to the craft and at some point he walks perhaps too close to it and is hit by a beam of light and falls flat on his ass and back onto the ground. To where they think he's dead. And his friends freak the fuck out and just tear ass out of the area. Yes. So they tear ass out, and then once their emotions have subsided a little bit, they're like, we can't we can't leave him there. We can't leave Travis. Yeah, so every other guy with a can and a half. Yeah, his best friend is like, we can't leave Travis, and all the other guys like, fuck Travis! Yeah, so he <laughs> says, all right, the rest of you get out of the truck, and I'm going to go back for him. So his best friend drives back to get Travis. Now, at this point, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is Travis laying prone on the ground, or are they? is he witnessing him levitating in the light? I don't think they ever saw him levitating. I think when he comes but back, they just saw, saw his right. body. Yeah, they saw him they, they saw him get smoked, and they are like... And they took off. And he's dead. Come back, he's gone. Yeah. yeah, bingo. Okay. So, in the film... So, the, in the film, they come back, and, which is weird. Uh, in the same night, we've got two actors from Terminator 2 as we're, <laughs> as we're filming. Because the guy who plays Travis's best friend was the guy who played the, the uh, liquid Terminator. Anyway. Uh, so, they go back to tell the authorities what happened. What it happened was. And, of course, uh, James Garner from the Rocket <laughs> Files ain't 
trying to hear, and and this is the big thing for me, because everybody wants to come back and say, well, they made this story up so they could get out of this contract. <laughs> Which is so but absurd. Why story. would you come up with this story of right. all stories? The most absurd shit ever. So, the authorities think, well, somebody murdered Travis out of this group. So, it's a good... It's a good theory. Which, I mean, let's be honest. If, if you're a police officer and you're hearing this bullshit story, right? what, what are you going to think? So, these guys, everybody in the, na- in the area is like, you motherfuckers killed this guy. They take lie detector tests, which, what was it, four guys? All of them passed the lie detector test except for one who was like an undetermined or whatever. Just a drifter. So then after five days at three in the morning, Travis's best friend gets a phone call at like three in the morning and it's Travis on the other end saying, come get me. I'm in a phone booth over in this area. Yeah. In a town like 30 minutes away. Now, this part's relatable. I know what it's like to hide completely naked. <laughs> <laughs> so, they call Travis's brother and they tear ass over there. And they find Travis, who is freaked the fuck out when they try to come near him. And in interviews now, Travis thinks that this is the same evening. And they said, Travis, feel your face. And he had five days worth of beard growth on his face. So the man had not eaten or drink drank anything in five days. Is in a hospital. They release him from the hospital. There's media everywhere, which freaks him the fuck out because he's just a small town guy. Uh. So basically, the, where you diverge from reality. And the the movie, from what I've watched of Travis Walton documentaries at this point, because Travis Walton has not budged from this story. The story's never changed. Has never changed. Nor has any of the other guys. Any of the guys involved. And they have been offered money and have not taken it. Especially the guy that uh, Henry Thomas played, the young guy. Who was Elliot and E.T. <laughs> right. They were like, you're the young guy. He was 17 years old when this incident <clears throat> And they were yeah. like, oh, he made you look like a bitch. Because they were like, you cried when you came back and talked about what happened. And so, yeah, you should you should admit. Offered him 10 grand. And yeah. In 1975, <clears throat> 10 grand was a chunk of money. Let's be honest. Yeah. From the tax bracket we all live in, I've, I've if, saw, if somebody I've offered you, you for ten bucks, if somebody else <laughs> offered you ten grand right now, ten grand ain't bad to people from our tax bracket either. Yep. And the dude turned it down, but Travis Walton has said that that uh, the the script that he was presented for this movie did not contain a lot of the things that made it to film. Yeah. Travis Walton, at this point in his life, after. Uh, being shaken up from the experience does not believe that the beings that abducted him were malevolent. Right. So at the base level, it's like the idea is now Travis Walton looks back. He's like, well, we saw there was a craft. We went back. 
We thought it was a fire, right? Mm-hmm. So we go back and we find it's a craft. And for some reason, I got out of the My truck. My dumb ass got out of the Yeah. He's like, I want to go see what's up. And then they probably hit like their thrusters. And it's their thrusters, not like a tracking beam that hit me. That knocked him on his ass. Yeah, and it knocked me on my ass. It probably either, you know, disabled me or killed me. And the aliens were like, oh, fuck. We can't leave this dude. So they brought me aboard and fixed me up. And I woke up. I wasn't supposed to. And freaked the fuck out. I should feel. Because they said, he says that when he woke up, the aliens put what I love. Uh, I think last podcast on the left call it the universal sign for, hey, bro. Yeah. The aliens put their hands <laughs> up. Like, we're cool. Yeah. We're cool. And he's like, ah, ah, what's happening? <laughs> so, so, but the movie plays up the horror angle of this. They, they play up the abduction as a, you're getting probed, you're uncomfortable, terrifying, claustrophobic situations. Like, that's what the movie... Oh, and he finds, like, a half, like, corpse in one of those, like... Yeah, the uh, movie really plays up that end of things. So, obviously, in... What year was this released? 93. 93. So, in 93, I was... Let's see. About, like, 14. Around there. 14, 15. When I saw this first time... You were 26. It fucked me up. <laughs> like, it was terrible. Yeah. Now... I, I only saw the previews. And it fucked me up. Yeah. So, but I will say running it back this time around didn't bother me as bad. Still scared the shit out of me. And I don't know why, but it just didn't have the same effect on me that it did previously. Uh, But maybe it was because I watched so many docs where I got Travis Walton's view on how things go now and how it wasn't really Well, that's what I've always said about this. Even if you don't believe a bit of it, it's still scary. It's (laughs) still a scary movie. Like, that's the imagery when they get the sheet all over him. So, yeah, so here we go. So, um, this was my wife's first time watching it. My wife, eight years. (laughs) Somebody has to do it. My wife, eight years my, my junior and so she doesn't have the experience of seeing these trailers, right? And so um, we get halfway through the film, and she's like, this is a good movie, but does it get scary? <laughs> because you're right. Halfway right. through, you don't have that. Or a drama. It's a little, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she's like, this is really good, and the acting is great. But she's like, but does it get scary? Because yeah, I'm selling it. I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> is there fire or sky? Or right, exactly. And also, I think there's a context with the 90s. There was a, a with X-Files and the alien autopsy that, that uh, Commander did, Riker yeah. when did, uh, hosted. When did know, X-Files start? Was it after this? Because so, I feel like fire, I feel like we're, we're trying to Draw movies. There's, there's not a lot of subject, though. Like, I think X-Files really pushed stuff. But, like, I think... This I don't remember sad. a lot of movies like Fire in the Sky. Roswell was getting a lot of attention in the 90s, too. So, I, I, I think... That, it seems like in the 90s, there was this big thing. But I feel like if you're... If yeah, you're like, I had heard of none... I would say in relation to the X-Files. I'd X-Files. heard of uh, none of it. 
But yeah, none of these stories until I saw Seth Rogen play an alien in Paul. <laughs> <laughs> this was a uh, five guys fire in the sky. Please uh, don't turn off the podcast. Oh, goodness. And so, um, so she asked that question. I said, oh, just wait, just wait, just wait. And really, the film doesn't get scary until no. yeah. the last third. Other than the, the encounter initially where it's a little jolting out there. Yeah. Past that, you're right. Yeah. So the third act is when he, they're, they're like, you're home. We're throwing a big fucking party. And people are like, hey, bro, what's happening? And he's like, what? Yeah. I know that table and the syrup hits him. And that syrup comes down over his face. And uh, that's when you get the scene with the sheet going over him and the fucking... I thing happening and all that stuff. And so afterwards, she was like, I could see how as a child in the 90s, yeah. this would have been very traumatizing. And they showed a lot of that. Yes. They sold it in the trailer. Yeah. And so I never saw the movie in the 90s. I saw the trailer and it would debilitate me. <laughs> We're knocking on, we're what, 40 years later after Travis Walton's experience? Oh, yeah. And he hasn't budged. And he'll even say he wished it wouldn't have happened. And his whole crew. Yeah. His whole crew. Yeah, because they could have cashed in on this majorly. Big time. But they didn't. Nope. And I mentioned to you guys uh, a few years ago before the pandemic and all that, uh, Horror Hound in Indianapolis. Had a side group of guests that were like Bob Gimlin from the Patterson Gimlin footage of Bigfoot and Lyle Blackburn, who's big into the cryptozoology and all that kind of thing. But Travis Walton was also there as a guest, and I did not meet him and get his autograph. And I so regret at this point not meeting Travis Walton at that thing because. I after we picked this one, I watched documentaries and watched a lot of stuff with Travis Walton. Aside from having one of the worst comeovers I've ever seen, <laughs> he's got, uh, it's a really interesting story. And at this point, you would think he would have recanted, or somebody from his crew would have said, "All right, look, this is bullshit." But like, what did they have to gain at this point? And like, well, I don't if that they, were the case, they would have. Yes, I, I the game was never there. I, I don't think people just, realize the time period of the, like, like even Amityville. Th- this kind of stuff wasn't the movie of the week, and it wasn't like like movies now, like this subject matter. You talking about aliens? Typically, isn't going to be the money maker back in in the nineteen seventies. They're just going to lock you away. So yeah, you you come in with a story isn't usually going to get you a movie deal and a book deal and like right. like it would now, right? And that's the thing. The funniest conspiracy theory, as we said, is that they made this up to get out of their government contract. Which even the government contractors have now said that's fucking absurd. <laughs> like this would not have benefited them in any way. Yeah. These bros decided to put their friend away. Of all stories to come up with. Yeah. If you, that's what you were trying to do to get out of something, you're going to come up with a UFO abduction <laughs> story. I'm going I'm, I'm to tell them gout. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I got a gout flare up, dog. I can't I can't clear no lumber. So it's the, it's the granddaddy. I mean yeah, this yeah is, the Travis Walton story. This is, is the one. Dig into that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I wish 
I obviously wish there was a good Roswell film. I wish there was a good Area 51. I wish there was a good Hangar 18. But, like, this is the this, one. It takes it serious. For it's UFO, yes. For UFO people uh, that aren't leaning too much on the science fiction, like, Fire in the Sky is is the one. Yeah. And, it, and it's not even entirely... Accurate based nope. on what Travis Walton experienced, yep. but it's that's day one. It's the yep. one. So, um, I hope you all have enjoyed this. I hope you all are, are alien and UFO people. And if you're not, I hope you at least enjoyed this perspective. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to believe you'll change your mind at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, uh, I, Viddy had sent a link to the, the documentary and I didn't get a chance to watch it, so I plan on checking that out. Check it out. It's and, totally worth it. And I wouldn't mind looking more into, like, the communion story, um, which what I, I will say something positive. Like, the movie's good. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. But I will say one thing I really liked about communion is it could have easily done a lot of crazy, like, it could have really pushed stuff that may or may not have happened too, and, um, most people is probably going to watch it and be like, this is boring, or it's a slow burn. But um, I think that kind of adds to movies, because I mean, you could add all this crazy shit to these films uh, and make it even more, um, you know, away from the, the actual true story. So there's a couple cases I definitely like to look more into. And what's weird is, there's not a whole lot of movies on this particular subject about aliens. Yeah. I mean, for something that is, it's not uniquely American, but something that Americans take a lot of interest in, there aren't a whole lot of serious films about little gray men. No. So Hollywood go exploit that. Yeah. Or maybe they're not allowed to. Uh, My, my exit Recommendation is a movie called Without Warning. I just thought of that. It's a cool little. Uh, it's like a aliens kind of set up uh, in an area that's kind of like a hunting ground almost. Is that where they threw the little flesh disc? It's got uh, <laughs> Jack Palance and Martin Landau, and it, okay. it's a pretty cool movie. Nice. Aliens are kind of gnarly. Uh, my only other recommendation from this would be uh, the Three Eleven album that <laughs> you and I enjoyed as freshmen. Is it a self title? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> I love how much that jammed you up. And this. <laughs> All right. Well, right so there's nothing more to that? <laughs> okay. Cops, it's been real. Talking about <laughs> aliens. Not Todd's aliens. <laughs> Our aliens. Well, here's Grizzly Andrew. And I'm joined by. <laughs> a neutered hot top. <laughs> Stay scary. Oh god, I'm having a feeling back here.